Welcome to the Crunch Time Instagram Live Podcast, hosted by me, Benjamin Bullock. This podcast features nothing but real talk analysis and conversations about sports, entertainment, news, and much more. Now, strap in and buckle your seatbelts because it's time for Crunch Time. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode three of Crunch Time right here on my in- on my IG Live. I'm Benjamin Bullock. Thank you all for joining me today. Excited about today's episode. Uh, last week, we talked about the... Uh, the NCAA and the problems that they're going through with COVID. Previous week, uh, we talked about the NBA. So this week, we're going to be talking about the NFL, which I'm very excited about. Just to give you a quick rundown of what we got going tonight in terms of who's going to be the special guest. First, I'm going to have John Battle. Uh, he's the safe, he's a safety for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I know him through my, my LSU days when I worked there, and he was a student athlete there. Second, we'll have Derek Eagleton, the director of media, media and programming, for the Dallas Cowboys, my former employer, and he's also my former supervisor, and he's also my frat brother. Shout out to all the bros out there that's going to be listening and checking, checking out tonight's episode. And then lastly, I'll have the L.A. Rams cornerbacks coach, Aubrey Pleasant. Uh, he's going to join me last. He's all the way out there in L.A., so I'm excited to get this show going. I want to thank you guys for joining me tonight, and if you guys have any questions uh, for any of my guests, go ahead and drop it down right there in the comment section, and uh, we're just going to get going here in a second. hope y'all doing good. So, I'm just going to hop on here and go add John. He's already on here, and we'll just get started here real quick. Big John, what's up, boy? What's going on? What's going chillin', on? Chilling, bro. What's going on, man? Man, chilling, chilling, chilling. Man, how's everything out there in Pittsburgh, man? Oh, man, it's, it's lovely, man. It's a beautiful city. Um, the facility's nice. They got some good things going for us. So, right. you know, I'm pretty excited, man, to get things rolling. Man, I know it ain't too cold up there right now. It ain't oh, no, nah, like nah, it's perfect. Morning. It's perfect. It's perfect right now. It's perfect weather right now. <laughs> Appreciate it, bro. Before we get into it, man, I just want to talk about, do a little LSU talk here real quick, yeah. man. I mean, I know you was down there at the game this year when they beat Clemson. They beat them all up and everything. What was yeah, that like yeah, to yeah. see, man? Man, it was crazy. That was my first game back as an alumni. So um, that experience alone was just, like, different. And then for that to be, you know, the national championship game, it was just, it was crazy, man. It was it was great. First of all, just to see everybody again, you know, see the whole coaching staff, see all, all my former teammates, and right. just see the trainers, see Mama Shelly, Jack, you know, all the, you know, equipment guys. You know how I was, you know, Ron. Oh, I was yeah. a program guy. So, you know, I, I pretty much built a relationship with everybody, you know, from, from you know, from, you know, man, I built a relationship with everybody. So it was just uh, kind of like a friend of you, you know, just to see everybody. You know, again, and man, it was it was awesome. You know, I felt like I won. You know, <laughs> uh, I'll get my ring. You know, I got to tell G Strain to get my ring. Um, <laughs> right. nah, it was a blast. It was a blast. That's great, man. I know if you saw the video I had posted today on my social, man, I had posted your locker room speech from the yeah. Florida game. I think it was yeah. your senior year, and I think yeah. the week before, that's when y'all lost to Troy. And yeah. I remember uh, just from working the game, working the sidelines, and everything. You straight up lit it to the team after they lost to Troy. And I was outside of the locker room. Then the following, yeah. you guys came back and beat Florida, which kind of turned the season completely around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that Troy loss, it was that was a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I ain't going to lie. It was a tough one. But, um, you know, I just felt that, you know, at that time, you know, that it was the right thing to do, you know, as a leader, you know, on the team that, you know, it was something that had to be said. So. Right. You know, I, I thought that was the perfect opportunity to say something. So, it all worked out for the best. <laughs> it definitely did, man. Just yeah. to see them see the program come from that loss, and then y'all be Florida next week. Just to see, you know, win a national championship. You know, this year, I think it was just so crazy to me, man. Just because I saw 
and everything happened. Yeah, the, the growth. Yeah, you see the growth of it. Yeah, 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 definitely. It's crazy, bro. It's crazy, bro. So let's hop into this thing, man. So with the Pittsburgh Steelers right now, y'all yeah. have no offseason, man. It's been crazy due to COVID and all this other stuff. So what's your offseason been like, man? Like no football-related activity in terms of hitting or anything like that? Yeah. Man, it's been crazy. Um, So I've, I've been working out. You know, I'm from Miami, so I've been working out down in uh, Davie, Florida at, at Perform. Um, so um, my guys, Zach and Nick, you know, they pretty much been with me the whole quarantine. So um, they've just been getting me right, you know, from, from speed training to uh, football agility drills, you know, to strength and conditioning. So, um, you know, I came back, you know, I felt like I was in tip-top shape. You know, I feel like I am in tip-top shape. Um, you know, but it was definitely a challenge, you know, this offseason, not having OTAs, not being able to, you know, be out there to, you know, run around with the guys and get a feel, you know, especially being on a new team. Um, walkthroughs are important, you know, just little small football things are important. And it's something that, you know, that I didn't have, uh, you know, this offseason, but, you know, we just got to hit the ground running, you know, whenever that time is. Right. So how was the like the meetings and the Zoom calls and all that? Oh, man, it was it was it was different. It was different. You know, (laughs) it was different, especially, you know, like I say, me joining a new organization. So, you know, just trying to, you know, get, you know, a team report, you know, understand, you know, how they want things done, understand, you know, the rules and the layout of the land Um, and just trying to, you know, build a report with my teammates at the same time and trying to do that, you know, through a Zoom meeting, you know, is definitely (laughs) something that was that was challenging. Um, but, uh, I mean, you know, the guys are cool, man. The coaching staff is great. It's a great organization. It's a historical organization. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm just ready for it. I'm humbled and, you know, excited for the opportunity. Yeah. So how are you able to like simulate like game action? Cause I know you're doing a lot of ball yeah. drills, but like you can't really yeah. line up in like an 11 man defense. Going against right, right, right. Yeah. I mean, actually, man, I was literally just like walking the film and just simulating mm-hmm. like, you know, different movements. So, uh, you know, I had one of my guys that was actually a Florida Gator. Um, we went to high school together, Josh Hammond. Uh, we would do some one-on-ones and stuff, you know, yeah. just to kind of, you know, stay in shape. Um, but, you know, yeah, I was, if I was by myself, I would, you know, actually simulate like uh, the receiver in front of me, me taking the right steps, um, you know, me coming down and filling the hole. Um, right. Yeah, so little things like that. I got you. So what's the what's the mood around the league, man, just kind of talking to your teammates and your old LSU mm-hmm. guys? I and mean, I know because a lot of guys have opted out not to play this year due to COVID. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's been crazy. Um, you know, talking to, you know, all my all my teammates, uh, you know, from LSU and all the guys that I met, you know, across just my journey in the NFL. Um, you know, guys are, you know, some guys are in, some guys are out, you know. Um, right. It's just been a tough situation. Um, you know, everybody's handling it differently, of course. Um, but it's definitely like an unease feeling, you know, uh, going into especially like, you know, a lot of guys are scared of the, the nose right. swap. And it's like, man, I don't want nobody in my brain <laughs> and stuff, man. It's like, right. man, I'm not trying to do it every day. But um, I don't know, man. It, it's just It's been something that, you know, we'll have to get used to. Um, you know, this is our new norm for right now. So, I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> Have you talked to uh, Arian at all? Arian Springs, who actually tested positive for COVID, how's his spirits and everything like that? I haven't. I haven't get a chance. You know, I actually just found out that today. Um, <laughs> I, I checked Twitter and I was, oh man, I, you know, that's crazy. Um, but you know, I got to send him a text later to see how he's doing. But I'm, I'm pretty sure that that you know he's 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 up in spirit for the most part. Okay. Now, big, you know, different that's going to be. I mean, big, big difference that's going to happen this season is that. 
There's no not gonna be any preseason games. You know yeah. what I mean? For a guy in your position, you know you can you could do good in practice, but you also have right. to position that to the field when the, when the yeah. lights come on. So how's that kind of put you in a different predicament? Obviously, man. I mean, me like I say, me being new, new to organization, yeah. um, it's definitely gonna be something that's gonna be challenging. Um, just trying to like I say, no, not having OTAs and picking up the system, and you know. Uh, that time during preseason is when you can display your actual, you know, talent, your skill level. Um, it's kind of tough to do that in a simulated practice uh, with people not trying to, you know, really have physical contact, especially like with the virus trying to limit that as much as possible. Uh, so it's definitely going to be a challenge. Um, I know I'm not the only person that has to go through it. <laughs> so, I mean, we all in it together right now. So, I mean, whatever, you know, how we can, however we can get the job done, you know, I'm going to figure out a way, you know, trying to maneuver through it and get it done. Right. right. Um, this is John Battle Safety for the Pittsburgh Steelers, also former LSU Tiger. Uh, I know you were a beast on special teams back when you was in Baton Rouge, man. Yeah. So, I know you plan on making a splash with that, you know, during practice, but it's going to be tough because, you know, not a lot of hitting's going on. You can't be as physical. I yeah. just want to be a little worried about that kind of that that aspect. I mean, yeah, I mean, I am. You know, it's something that you know, me being a, a I'm a bubble guy, you know, so to say. Um, so I mean, it's definitely gonna be a, cha a challenge that that that's in front of me. Absolutely. Um, you know that I'm aware of, and you know, I just know I just gotta do what I have to do. You know, to find a way. You know, to make this uh make this ball club, man. Whichever way that is, if I gotta, you know. Fight, scratch, claw, whatever you know. I'm, a, you know, kind of find a way, man. Got to find a way. Right, right. This is John Battle from the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's a safety there. If you have any questions for John, go and drop it in the comment section. I have a couple more for John. Hey, John, I know when I was there in Baton Rouge, you really developed into a really good photographer, man. So, what's the update on that? What's going on, man? <laughs> never too far from. Oh, you got, right got the cannon rolling got with you, huh? Yeah, I got my. You know, I'm actually thinking about uh, either, you know, switching to a Sony or building on this camera. Um, mm -hmm. I haven't decided on what I, what I want to do yet. Um, my birthday is coming up, August 21st. Anybody want to give me a gift? Uh, I'm going <laughs> to drop my cash out. Sony just today. Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that. So yeah. I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of in between. I don't know if I want to if I want to build on this camera because it's kind of like my pride and joy. You know, it's right. my first camera. You know, I, I, I learned from it and um just trying to, I don't know, but that's Sony, man. It's it's something about that Sony. It's mirrorless. You know, you can do video. Uh, yeah. it just it's it's a it's a great quality of a camera. Um, but I think I don't know. I mean, whenever I get to that point, I'll probably make the decision there. But for right now, I think I, I think I'm gonna stay with my old faithful right here. There you go. You know, it's it's, it's, yeah. The yeah. The yeah, 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 yeah. Canon's yeah, it's the best, man. It's the best. Absolutely, man. So I got a question for you from our frat brother Calvin Ali out of uh, the Baltimore, Maryland area. He says, who's the hardest you have, you ever had to cover in your career so far? That could be high school, college, or pro. Mm, I'm going to say, I'm going to give you, I do my high school and I do college. Um, it's a guy named from South Florida, uh, Stacy Coley. He, okay. uh, he, he went to the University of Miami. Um, I think he's with the Minnesota Vikings now. Last time I heard, I'm not, I'm not too sure, but he was – he was a dog. <laughs> he, was, he, was a, he was a straight up dog. He's number one wide receiver in the state. Um, we played against him. I was like, a, I was a junior at the time, so he's a five star cat, and I'm a guy that's trying to get my name up, you yeah. know. So you know, he, he tore me up a little bit in the beginning. He tore me up. A, I'm not gonna lie. He tore me up a little bit in the yeah. beginning. Um, had you know, had time. Went back in the locker room. Had to get my head right. And then you know, yeah. it was pretty much on from there. 
In uh, college, I would say I'll have to I'll have to say Calvin. Calvin really, you know, just just yeah, he's another South course. he's another he's another South Florida guy. Um, been going at him since little league. Mm-hmm. Um, so just I mean, man, the crazy thing about him is just his stop start ability. Um, mm-hmm. He's one of those guys that can run full speed and stop on a dime, you know, um, and that's a that's hard to do, you know, just. Yeah. In itself, and to, to be backpedaling and doing that, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's crazy, you know, bro. Yeah. yeah. What about in the pros, man? I know you were with Tampa Bay, so Mike, guys like Mike Evans. Ooh, I know, man, bro, I, that was crazy. Man, I tell you what, Marquise Goodwin. Those, man, those two, man. They, it was, it was something special to see. Um, you know, just being with those two guys, both uh, pro bowlers. Um, yeah. Just to see, you know, see the. The work ethic, you know, how they always catch a ball and they always finishing, you know, every every mm-hmm. everything they do. Um, man, I'll I'll probably say Mike, man. A lot of people don't realize how fast Mike Evan is. Right. Um, man, he can cover ten yards on like three steps. It's wow. like <laughs> it's it's unbelievable. It's, yeah. I mean, it's the reason why he's getting paid, you know, what he's getting paid, you know. So right. um yeah, I'll probably I'll probably say those are my three right there. I'll probably say Stacy Coley. Uh, Calvin Ridley and I'll say Mike Evans. I got you, man. They, they all three great dudes. And I yeah, remember when, yeah. we, when we played Bama, man, just watching Calvin just kind of warm up. Like you said, his stop and start direction is crazy. And yes, yeah, it's crazy. Got a breaks and everything. It was absolutely crazy, man. Hey, John, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule, man. I know you're up there in Pittsburgh. You're getting your mind right to do whatever you need to do to be a part of the Pittsburgh Seals organization this season, man. Thank you again, man. Appreciate you, bro. Appreciate it, Ben. Appreciate it. Have a good one. All right, one. man. I'll get at you, all right? All right. Yes, sir. All right, y'all. That was John Battle, safety uh, from the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, former LSU Tiger. That's how our connection uh, came about. So shout out to him for joining me. Up next, I got Derek Eagleton, uh, my frat brother of the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, he's the senior director of media and programming for America's team. And um, he's been one of my biggest role models, one of my biggest idols since I got started in this business that I was lucky enough to work for the Dallas Cowboys and he was my supervisor while I was while I was a producer up there at Frisco at the start. I'm going so I'm gonna go ahead and add him real quick. Big Derek, what's up, man? What's up, dog? How you doing, man? Why are we looking like we kinda look like cousins or brothers or something. I don't know, maybe. Maybe. Everything. maybe. What's up with <laughs> you, man? I'm good, man. Just trying to make this thing work. How you doing? Everything good up there in Frisco at the Star? Yeah, man, it's good. Now, I haven't been at the Star because we've been at home. So I've been chilling <laughs> at my house with my family working from here. So uh, so I don't know what the Star looks right, like right now. But uh, we'll be back soon, I'm, I'm assuming. I'm assuming. I, I, know, I know. I know you was with you was in the Oxnard right now, though, so you can feel that breeze. Yeah, man. I that I've been I've been with the Cowboys now since '99. So. I'm used to every year at this time being gone somewhere, whether it was Oxnard or Wichita Falls or right. San Antonio, somewhere. Right. So uh, I think my family's getting a little tired of me too. They like, man, you need to you need to get back to work out of the house. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I do miss that cool breeze though. You know, I like to run, so I miss running out here in these 80 degree temperatures in the morning uh, in Dallas. Right. So, yeah. You know, it'd be hot. It was nice last night. Those about seventy five last night, man. So, yeah, I did get a run so, in uh, yesterday morning. It was it was actually much better by seventy five in the morning. So I, I can't complain about that right now. That's good, man. So I have things changed for your department, man. Uh, you know, now that COVID, we're pretty much in the middle of this pandemic. So, but y'all y'all standards don't change. It's always going to be a high standard for content for the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, man, we've been busy. Um, 
it's crazy because I was telling someone, it's like right now, we're probably, this offseason, we've probably been busier than we've been in any other offseason I've been with the Cowboys um, just because mm-hmm. you can imagine it. The way it goes is before our organization has a lot of events that we put on that, that happen at the star, happen at the stadium. Well, when COVID came and everybody stuck at home, not only do we have the normal mm-hmm. content that we're producing, but now all those events uh, now become virtual. And so my team right. has been responsible for making sure that we're helping and putting together some of those types of events. A, a good example would be our draft live show that we did uh, where we had Jamie Foxx and we had a Mark Square on and, uh, and they were hosting the show. But that's a, an event that was originally going to be a draft party at the stadium, which is what we do every year. And obviously right. because, of, uh, because of COVID, we couldn't do it that way. And so, um, as you know, from working with the Cowboys, then we always think, okay, so how can we make it better? How can we do something that's really right. cool? And so it became a whole different project in addition to everything that we were doing, getting ready for our, our draft coverage. So it's just been a lot of that. It's been our normal coverage. And then it's layered on top of that uh, with a lot of events that would have normally been offline that are now virtual that, that we're responsible for putting together. Man, I know just kind of looking from afar, you guys are doing a great job per usual in terms of all the TV shows and the podcasts, which I already know. I already know how everything goes down, and y'all doing a phenomenal job in terms of keeping everything up to date. So fast forward to right now, you know, training camp's pretty much here, uh, but two players from the Cowboys actually opted out not to play uh, this year due to COVID, man. So what's your thoughts on that? You know, I, I'm I personally I I wouldn't knock anybody for deciding that they that they didn't want to play. Obviously, everyone has different considerations. You know, if you've got uh, underlying medical conditions, if you've got new babies, if you've got, you know, if you've got a, a situation where you uh, where you have family members that rely on you, uh, that you need to be in close contact with, uh, who may have uh, extenuating uh, medical condition conditions. Um, there are a lot of things that could cause someone to say, hey, this just isn't the right time. I don't feel right about it. Um, I just can't do it, even with all the protocols that are in place. And so, you know, I, I think it's a personal decision. I think everybody has a right to, to make that decision. I think the NFL and the NFLPA did a good job of coming up with um, a method to be able to allow those people to have, uh, those players to have some money coming in, uh, even if they decide to opt out. Um, that can kind of uh, kind of bridge the gap for them. And, and by the way, there are a lot of people out there right now in our world that don't have that kind of gap bridged. You know, there are a lot of people that lost jobs that really don't have a, a way to make it make ends meet right now. So, that, that's really a blessing for those players. Uh, and again, great work by the NFL and NFLPA to figure that part out. But, you know, again, that's an option that they have. And I, I certainly am not going to disparage anyone for taking that option uh, when they feel like it's the right thing for them and their families. Absolutely, man. This is Derek Eagleton, Senior uh, Director of Media and Programming for the Dallas Cowboys. If you have a question for Derek, go ahead and drop it in the comment section. I'm going to get to that here in a little bit. All right, Derek, let's transition a little bit to the gridiron, man. Is this the most excited or intriguing team you've been kind of been a part of or seen considering coaching change, uh, free agents and kind of different kind of angle on that and also the draft with C.D. Lamb? I'm intrigued. It's not the most intrigued I've been. Um, I would say the most intrigued I was was, was back in 2005. Uh, you had Parcells come in in 2003. He gets that team uh, quarterbacked by Quincy Carter to a 10-6 and six record in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of years later, 2005, they had that amazing draft, which I believe it's certainly been the best draft, in my opinion, that the Cowboys have had since I've worked for them, where you have people like DeMarcus Ware, Marcus Spears, uh, uh, Marion Barber, Chris Canney, 
uh, Jay Ratliff. You get Jay Ratliff late in the draft, right? right. And he turned out to be an all-pro, Pro Bowl type player. Um, so, you know, you get you pull all that talent together um, and you got the genius of Parcells going into that year. That was probably mm-hmm. the most intrigued I was with any NFL, t- any uh, Cowboys team since I've been here. Um, but but don't get me wrong. There's a lot of intrigue to go around right now. You look at this coaching staff, and, uh, and and they got a lot of experience. They got a lot of guys who've been head coaches that are on this staff. You got a head coach that's won a Super Bowl. And then, obviously, that offense. I, I, you know, I, I was uh, just went back the other day, and I looked back, and I started my little review here. Uh, before we get into the season, I usually like to go back and review some of the previous games from the past year, all the games from the past year. And I went back to watch that Giants game. And just the way that offense operated in that first game of the season. Now, of course, as we got through the season, there were lots of challenges that they faced, and, and they didn't play well in, in a lot of games, game. a lot of games. Game. But the fact of the matter, that game, that offense was cranked. And and <laughs> and I just I look at it like I really think that's what I'm looking at as the upside of this offense. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you give them a new coach, uh, give them a, a, a new direction. You give them a little bit of the enthusiasm that comes time sometimes comes with a new coach, yeah. and uh, and then I think you look at the the offensive weapons that they have that are returning in addition to CD Lamb. Like I I just think everything points to this offense being really really electric this year, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing that, and hopefully uh, that's enough with a an opportunistic defense that they can actually make something happen. I'm a little worried about, let's stick with the offensive side of the ball. I'm a little worried about the offensive line, to be honest with you. Um, obviously, Tyron Smith, one of the best offensive linemen in the game, he's been banged up a lot. He's coming up on his 10th season. And then that left guard spot, you got Connor McGovern coming off an injury, going into his second year. Kind of really don't know what they're going to do at left guard. And I also have Connor Williams right there as well. He's coming off an injury center. You know, they, um, they got Joe Looney there. They just drafted the kid out of Wisconsin as well. Then you got Zach Martin. He's been injured, banged up the last few years. And obviously Lyle Collins, who had a phenomenal year last year. That's that's my only really concern when it comes to the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, I, I understand the concern. Uh, the one thing I'll say about that, though, is you tell me an offensive line that has Tyron Smith, Zach Martin, and Lyle Collins, and I don't care what else they got, I'm going to be like, that's an offensive line that's probably better than 70% of the offensive lines in the league. So, if you go from that standpoint, then if they can get just solid production from a guy like Joe Looney at the center position, maybe even better, but at least solid pr- production. Connor McGovern is a guy they were really high on. And, and again, this is being somewhat optimistic uh, that he will be what you need him to be. Um, then, then maybe you can get something to work. I just tend to believe that this offensive line, I don't see any decline in Zach Martin. I think Zach Martin is Zach Martin. He's going to continue to be one of the best guards in the league. I think right. Lyle Collins, will continue. He's on the, he's in the prime of his career. I don't expect him to slow down anytime soon as well. You know, maybe Tyron, maybe Tyron is not what he once was. I still think Tyron is among the best tackles in the league. He may not be the best, but he's among the best. Um, And so from that standpoint, I'm not really so worried about the offensive line. To be honest with you, the offense, I'm not really concerned about the offense at all. I'm all my concerns on the defensive side of the ball because that's the place where all the question marks are. You want to start talking about injuries and stuff like that. That's where you got question marks. So I'm way more concerned about the defense than I am the offense. I'm I'm on what what our guys on our draft show call the forty burger team. Like they every game they need to be putting up forty points, and I think this offense might be able to do it. But uh, but I'm way more concerned about the defense than I am the offense. So they added Jerry McCord, they added Don Terry Poe, who's actually on Pup, got added to Pup today. Yep. Tyron Crawford, 
He's on PUP as well. Um, yep. But we got Leighton Vanderish coming back, Jalen Smith. And on the back end, we added Ha-Ha Clinton Dix, uh, Reggie Robinson from Tulsa. So they added some pieces on that defense to hopefully make it better, in addition to possibly interchanging between a 3-4 defense and a 4-3. Yeah, I mean, I think, honestly, I think they're going to be a hybrid. I think they're going to be a team that, that will run out and give you different fronts in different situations, which, uh, you know, they're not the only team in the NFL that, that would do that. But, you know, I, I look at this defense, and I think they have to be just – they just have to be an opportunistic defense. They don't need to be great. They need to be opportunistic. Um, if you have an offense that's really as explosive as I think they will be and can score a lot of points, then what you need is the kind of defense that complements that. Give them a lead, and they can get really aggressive, and they can come after the quarterback, and they can turn that pressure – if they can get pressure, they can turn that pressure into turnovers. And and that's how you put teams away. And so um, I think with guys like Tank Lawrence uh, kind of rushing the passer, I think Gerald McCoy adds something to the pass rush as well. He's a guy that can get some sacks. He can get some pressure. Um, I think if Alden Smith can give him anything, which, you know, he's the one guy that not many people are talking about, but if he can give him anything as a pass rusher, specifically on pass rush downs, uh, then I think you might have yourself a nice little pass rush there coming. I think Jalen Smith adds something from the linebacker position in the pass rush as well when they want to blitz him. Um, and so I think from that standpoint, they do have the kind of defense maybe uh, that can be opportunistic and create some turnovers in certain situations. And if they can do that, and if this offense can score a lot of points, then they can be successful. If they're in a bunch of dog fights where it's close games and they're relying on the defense to get stops, I'm not certain. That's not what we saw from this defense last year. No. So we'll have to wait and see if they can do that. I'm not saying they can't. What I'm saying is I didn't see that last year. So can they do that this year? <laughs> can they find a way to be able to uh, to make those stops when they need to if they get in that situation? I feel much more comfortable saying they're the kind of defense that can be opportunistic, though. You know where I'm much comfortable with or with what aspect I'm much more comfortable with? Special teams. Because we <laughs> all know that was an You feel good about the kicker? Year. We got Greg Zerloin now. He had a rough year last year, wasn't his hey, best. But he's coming in. With, uh, so we got Maher out of there last year. You know what I mean? Yeah. So so yeah. We'll, we'll see what happens. But I'm really excited about the addition of John Fossil. I think he's going to bring in a whole new f- philosophy in terms of being more strategic and being more advanced in terms of what they can do in that dis- in, the side of, in that specific side of the football. Yeah, I actually agree with you on that. I think the special teams will be improved, mainly because I think, uh, I think the coach coming in uh, Fossil, I think he's he's considered among the very best in the league. And I think that makes a difference on special teams. I think having a good special teams coach, somebody that's experienced doing it, I think makes a huge difference. And I think that'll that'll matter for the Cowboys. I think last year there were some moments when they had some miscues um, that, that this year I expect they wouldn't have with uh, a more experienced special teams coach. So we'll see. Um, but, you know, the kicker still is the kicker. And, you know, kickers go through these moments. But we've seen this. We've seen this. Kickers go through these moments when they just kind of get, it's kind of like, you know, the the golfer with the gifts, right? You you just have those moments when you're not, you can't get right. And and then it becomes a situation of it getting in your head and can you break out of that? And and so I'm waiting to see what's going to be the case with Zerline. If he gets everything right and he gets back on track, he's been one of the best kickers in the league at times, right? Um, Right. so, So, yeah, he has the ability question is was last year an aberration or was it something that he's going to continue to, to, to struggle with so uh, that'll be interesting to, to, to follow and, and figure out once we get into the season as long as it's not no Mike Vanderjeck type of situation you know, we're good, <laughs> man. we got to worry about that man so uh this is Derek Eaton from the Dallas Cowboys if you have any questions for him go and drop it in the comment section Derek I got a couple more questions for you this question is uh so what is it going to absolutely take for the Cowboys to finally make a deep playoff run or at least get to the NFC Championship game in your opinion? 
I mean, it goes back to what I said earlier. Um, I think the offense is going to have to score a lot of points. I think the defense is going to have to be opportunistic. I think Dak's going to have to play um, really well, especially in games against good teams. Uh, last year, we saw we saw some really good football from Dak in moments and in spurts. Um, what I think it, that's going to have to be way more consistent um, from the standpoint of that being – there are going to be some games this year where – it's just not going to click. That happens to every team. Like, you can't be perfect every game. By the way, unless you're Pat Mahomes. Like, I'll just put that caveat out there. He's a whole different level. But unless you're, unless you're Pat Mahomes, there are going to be some games where it just doesn't click. And, and those games, the defense is going to have to step up and, and pull its weight. But I think consistently, Dak's going to have to be far more often than not, he's going to have to be the reason why they win. And, uh, and, and I think that especially looking at how McCarthy ran his team with, with Green Bay, there's going to be a lot of pressure on him, I would assume, uh, to do that. And so I expect – I think Dak's built for it, though. The one thing you say about Dak since the time he got to the Cowboys, he does not – he is not phased. Uh, pressure does not yeah, affect he's, he's him. Tough. Um, he, he's a guy that mm-hmm. is mentally as tough as I, as they come. So um, I think he's built for this, um, and I think Dak can, can handle that. And, by the way, mm-hmm. one of the things about – you know, you want to start talking about contracts and stuff like that. One of the things about having a quarterback and paying a quarterback a ton of money – on a long-term deal is you have to be prepared to then lose other talent. And, and if right. that's the case, it's a good time for Dak to show, I got all this talent. I can do amazing things with this talent because if you have to pay me a, a, a really, really, really nice contract, which is what he's pushing for, it mm-hmm. may mean I may have less talent. We saw it happen with Russell Wilson and Russell Wilson stepped up to the challenge and still has his team in the playoffs and contending every year. That's right. even with less talent than he used to have. So, um, I think that's th- this is a great opportunity for Dak to be able to show that he has that ability. And again, I think he's built for it. I think Dak can do that. Okay. I got one question for you. This is kind of along the lines of what you were just talking about. This is from our frat brother, my profile, Calvin Eileen, out of Baltimore, Maryland. Now he said, what would you pay Dak since, uh, since, since, since the Mahomes deal dropped? And he also wants to know, what's the next media podcast for this upcoming season? All right, I'll answer the podcast one first. We should get our podcast rolling again once we get to um, the open practices that the team will have uh, where, where we're able to watch practice. Uh, it sounds like around the NFL, the 17th is a date where people are going to be putting on pads. I don't know if, if they're going to give media access prior to that, but just know at whatever point we, we get that kind of access to where we're out of practice uh, daily or being able to at least watch practice daily, then we'll start back up our podcast. So we at least have something to say when we get on air, uh, something <laughs> new to say every day. Um, but uh, what was it? Oh, the, the question about Dak and what he should be paid. You know, that's a tricky question because there's so many factors. Everybody always wants to just look at the number, like uh, right. of what he's getting annually. And, and to me, there's so many other factors involved in that. Like, you know, you, you start talking about how this, the contract is structured and how much money is guaranteed and, Right. and all that kind of stuff. I don't think it's a simple answer. Um, I, I honestly think because of the way the, the contracts work, he's probably going to end up being paid at the upper end. I don't think he's going to get Pat Mahomes money, but I think he's going to be on the upper end of quarterbacks. Yeah. Maybe he's right there around Russell Wilson, and maybe he's not. Maybe he's a little bit below that. I think right. he definitely deserves to be um, on par, if not ahead of, uh, the guys like, like Carson Wentz and Jared Goff. I definitely. think he's done – He's done as much, it arguably more great work at quarterback than those guys have. You mm-hmm. know, then you start questioning, you know, kind of does he belong ahead of, of Russell Wilson? Maybe not in, from a standpoint of play, but right. then that's when you get into the whole idea that whoever's turned right. it in, 
is up next they usually set yeah, exactly. the market and mm -hmm. and and so that becomes a part of the negotiation and i the one thing i know about working for the cowboys they are tough negotiators <laughs> and uh, and so they're going to negotiate this thing hard and it sounds like and it looks like from what we've seen dax side is going to negotiate it hard as well so right. i personally don't believe that dax going to get away though uh at whatever point they figure it out they're mm -hmm. going to figure it out because um i've been around here like i said since 99. i lived through the years between Troy Aikman and Tony Romo, I don't think that the Cowboys want to go back to those days. I really don't. Um, and so if they feel like, as they said, that Dak is a part of their future plans and that they believe in Dak, then I feel like at some point they're going to all figure it out and they're going to get a deal worked out. And whatever the money is, it's going to work for both sides. Absolutely, man. We'll see what happens, man. I think he should – we'll see what happens after the season because he's on that franchise tag right now. And um, I think he'll end up resigning, but you never know. Somebody could throw a whole bunch of whole bunch of Mahomes money at him. He'll probably be the first thing smoking out of him, man. Well, the thing about it is, Cowboys still can put him on the franchise again next year and do it at a rate that's probably doable. It's right. roughly about thirty-seven, thirty-eight million that they'd have to pay him next year. So they could they could franchise him again next year if they choose to. Um, but again, my hope is that um, at the end of the season, they all realize, okay, if Dak wants to be here and the Cowboys want him to be here. Yeah. then there's a deal to be made. Anytime you got two parties that want the same outcome, there's a deal to be made. Right. And, uh, and so my hope is that they get that deal done because I think that I, trying to go back to the well doesn't sound fun to me. Like, I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't want that, that headache because then you got to get really bad in order to find the right quarterback. And sometimes right. that doesn't even work. So I just, I, I, I just don't, don't want to go through that as a, as a fan, and as a person who, who covers the team. I, I'd rather be contending every year because it's a lot more fun. I understand, man. Well, D, man, appreciate you hopping on with me, man. Take your time out of your busy schedule. Say hello to the wife, your daughter, and your son for me, man. We'll talk soon, okay, man? You do the same, man. Appreciate you having me. Hey, thank you, man. Appreciate you, man. All right, later. Yes, sir. All right, y'all, that was Derek Hilton of the Dallas Cowboys, the Senior Director of Media and Programming uh, for the America's team. Um, just thank him for hopping on with me. So up next, I got Coach Aubrey Pleasant. He's the quarterback's coach for the L.A. Rams, so he's out there chilling in sunny Cali right now. So we'll just see what happens with them this season. And I'm about to add him right now. Aubrey, what's up, man? Yeah, what's going on, Ben? How you doing, How brother? Much, man? How you doing, man? I'm doing well, man. Uh, enjoying my time out here in LA, trying to stay COVID free. Uh, got a lot of blessings. It's too much to be happy about, no complaints, man. I feel you, man. You from Flint, Michigan. So I know you, you know, I know you enjoying that sunny weather out there, man. I, I'm taking all the, the sunshine <laughs> I can get. I actually, uh, Went back home to Flint, spent about two weeks there this summer. Nice. Uh, and, and I just remember that Midwest heat in the summertime. I don't want nothing to do with it. And I, I, I'm happy smack to be you, don't <laughs> You know, it's different. For as cold as it gets in the wintertime, you would have never expect for the Midwest to get nasty in the summertime, but it does, man. It gets real nasty around that 4th of July. It does, man. Hey, man, thank you so much for hopping on with me, man. I know busy time right now. Y'all just right about to get in the thick of things with the players supporting and all that. Yeah. You're getting ready to go. Um, as we all know, man, it's it's been crazy. Nobody knows when things are going to happen, when things are going to start, uh, whether the guys are going to opt out and play or not. But as things come closer, I think we're all happy with the solution that we're all going to be patient, uh, be as healthy as we can, and then try to get this season going. Right. So what's been your approach this offseason, man? Because you haven't seen the guys. You haven't been able to work on no techniques, no bumper runs yeah. or nothing like that, man. So it's <laughs> been all Zoom calls. So how's that been going for you? Uh, you know, I joke with the guys about not flinching and the uh, adjusting to the adjustables. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, but at the same time, not taking the uh, the personal love 
for the game away. Um, we all know we can enjoy something, but when time you sit in front of a camera and you have to go over and over and over, you know, how do you stay alive? But I think the thing that I really try to challenge my guys with is be really thankful for the opportunity they have to be a professional player. Um, a lot of guys have friends and family that, you know, when COVID started, because of things being shut down, a lot of their work and their opportunities got affected. So I really try to get those guys to really embrace the positive of living the life as a professional athlete and those things that do come with it, even though the world is knocking consistently on your door right. to think about the other things. So it's just my job as a coach to try to get them to focus in and take those opportunities to, uh, to get better as much as they can. What about from a physical standpoint, man? Like, are you like directing, like how they supposed to do certain techniques or what they need to work on on Zoom? Like, how, how's that going? Because I'm trying to fathom uh, like, how are you doing yeah. this? You haven't seen uh, the guys you, at all at all offseason. Nah, just, I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but it, it is good. frustrating because this is a skilled profession. Um, you know, from being a former athlete, um, anytime you have to try to convince somebody or to show over and over and over again for the tape, um, it's actually hard for some of my learners. We all learn differently. Uh, some guys can see it on the tape and are skilled learners and actually able to go out there and do it. Some need to physically walk through it, and some need to see it on the board. So the challenge for me as a coach is just to try to take advantage of this this, this uh, Zoom meetings, this Microsoft <laughs> Teams as much as we could. And uh, I have to give a shout-out to our IT director here. He He did whatever he could as far as giving me a surface to draw on, you know, another sheet, another camera, as much as we could to just try to take advantage of not being next to each other, which is very difficult in the game of football. Okay, so the position group that you coach is the cornerbacks. You have one of the top players in the, in the, in the league on your team, and Jalen Ramsey out of Florida State. Yeah. You got him in a midseason trade last year from Jacksonville. What's his, what's, what makes him such a great player, and what, is his, what has his approach been this offseason? Well, one I want to say, I think his approach has been the same as – as all players uh, this offseason, especially let's just keep it real, all African-American athletes, especially professional football players. Yeah. It was very difficult this offseason with the nature of our country. And I think I would be a dummy to not admit the distractions that were going on. Uh, but what he tried to do is try to keep keep that competitive edge. For people that are not uh, familiar with Jalen's situation, uh, he was actually, I got him in the middle of last season. So I really haven't gotten a chance to really get my hands on to, like I say, get, you know, get get the clay and really try to work. Everything from him has just been trusting me or, like you said, the offseason with the Zoom. Um, you know, my, my goal for him is to try to make him be a dominator, not be good, not be elite, but dominate. And the only way you do that is really challenging yourself and then trying to work on your technique every day. Because if you work on those little things, uh, when the big things happen, it's, it's, it's going to be easy. It's going to be flawless. Uh, so he's just trying to take advantage of what he can. Uh, him and I are really ready to get together to work because even though I've been with him for you know eight games, this is the first off season where we try to work with some of his tools because he has all the natural ability. Right, right. So I mean, since guys are just starting to come in now, you know what I mean. So you guys only want to have maybe about if things go according to plan, maybe about five to six weeks to get ready for the season. Man, are you worried about just like the? The injury aspect, guys finally getting the pads and shoulder pads, shoulder pads and helmets on. You know, that's a different beast. Once you get that on, you're running around hitting each other. No, no question. You're right. Um, okay, let me answer the question. Say yes and no. Uh, <laughs> yes, I'm a little bit worried. I'm a little bit worried because I think anytime uh, you're doing anything at the highest level, preparation really matters. Uh, I think the, the cleaner our game is, the more the guys can go out and execute, the less the sloppy the game, the less you have for injuries the cleaner the game, the more exciting it is for the fans. So, you know, that's where I am a little worried, but then I'm also not worried because 
you know, I never got a chance to play professionally. I only played collegially, but these guys are elite athletes. And, you know, for, for those of you who have not got a chance to see some of these guys run around and be around them, you know, five feet away, these guys can do some really crazy athletic things and they can just hop up sometimes, not stretching and go. And then you got some guys that actually need that muscle endurance, that conditioning to get them ready for the season. So I'm, I mean, I got one foot in, one foot out for that. I'm a little bit worried, not for the first couple games, but for the long haul for the sloppy ball. This is Aubrey Pleasant, quarterback's coach for the LA Rams, joining me right here on Crunch Time. Coach, you, their head coach for the LA Rams, obviously, is Sean McVay. He's one of the top brains, top innovators, I guess you can say, in the game right now. So, what's the plan in terms of uh, simulating real game action leading up to the season with no preseason games, which is crazy? You know. We have to just make sure we we do a good job when we scrimmage. Uh, emotions and tempers and adrenaline get going. And after guys get practicing with each other for a long time, they can't wait to practice against somebody else. I mean, it gets redundant. It gets monotonous. So we have to do a really good job of being focused when we do scrimmage and then also really applying real uh, situational football. So for the listeners that aren't really familiar with football, situational football is not just snapping up and going. I mean, it's third and three at the three. You know, it's the, it's the uh, you know, it's first and 10 at the uh, negative 10, you know, and it's 60 seconds left in the game, two minute situation. What are they going to try to do? What that does for an athlete is it really kind of lets him focus into that competitive nature and it kind of brings something. I'm playing for something as opposed to just practicing. And I think uh, that situation is whereas really focus on our scrimmage. And I think that's something that we can try to do that. We haven't in the past uh, for those listeners that don't know in the past and the camp. You really try to measure how much banging you do. You really want to be careful with guys' bodies. But I think this year we might have a little bit more of a collegiate philosophy where you take it slow and then you progress as we get ready for our first game. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good point because in college there is no preseason game. I know you spent time with Michigan. So, you know, you guys have straight to summer camp, but then boom, you go into that first game. You know what I mean? So I know that's going to be an interesting approach going into, going into week one. Yeah, it's that, you know, I, uh, I almost wanted to go back when you asked me the question about having a month before the season, am I worried? I'm actually more worried of no preseason game, not even one mm. before we get going. Um, because okay. there is a difference between the competitive practice speed and then when the light's on, you get the pads <laughs> ready, you know, you're sweating during pregame, yeah. mom and them in the stands, they got your honey right there, you know. <laughs> uh, that vibe, that juice is something that's different, even if it's just a preseason game. So I'm a little bit worried about that. I'm sorry. I went to the question before, but it made me think about that. No, you're good. It's fine, man. Uh, if you have any questions for Coach Aubrey right here, go and drop it in the comment section. I got a couple more questions for you. So as you as you see, a lot of guys are opting out uh, as training camp about to get started, man. So what's your thoughts on that? Well, I think it's smart. Uh, I think the one thing that all of us have to take into consideration, and I mean us as, uh, as humans, uh, you got to be like just under the mindset of having risk mitigation. Like, you know, what can you do to make sure you're not affecting somebody else? And mm -hmm. I think that's what these guys who are actually opting out are doing is they're saying, hey, maybe it's not about me. Maybe I have a child that has asthma. Maybe uh, I'm taking care of mama and them and granny right. live downstairs. And no matter what, I can't bring something in. And I think that is very important that uh, us as fans and as consumers, that we understand that sometimes for these guys, it's not always about them. It's about family members or about, uh, you know, their future. Uh, and I just think it's important that we try to see ourselves through their eyes and understand that, you know, again, we're not asking you to wear the mask for you. We 
the same position you're in. And that's how I think. I don't think I can judge these guys for not playing. Uh, I do know it is a little different for those who you don't know. Uh, if you're mm-hmm. a free agent and you're a rookie, you haven't got drafted, you know, there's rules. Everybody can't, doesn't have that option. So for those guys that do have that option, um, they're still blessed to be able to take a minimum. Right. No matter what, they'll take it forward. You know, it's a tough time for our country right now. Definitely tough, man. So I got a question for you from my man, uh, Calvin Allen out of Baltimore, Maryland. He says, who are your top three corners that are not on the ramp? Oh, that's, <laughs> that's hard. Um, I'm, mm, I'm a scheme guy. I'm a scheme guy too. So I don't want to leave anybody out. But uh, I do like. I do like. Uh, hmm. Obviously, you got to go with the boy in New England, Mr. Gilmore. Right. He's yeah. unbelievable. He does a little bit of everything. I have to put my boy Marcus Peters in there, man. Cause yes. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, nobody gets their hands on more than Marcus. And I'm going to go with my young boy. I'm either going to go with Marcus Lattimore mm. in New Orleans or I'm going to go with the young kid and young kid in Green Bay. Mm. I like him, too. Um, went to Louisville. His name is slipping oh, my heart right now. Oh, uh, he, he, but I like him. Is his last name King? Uh, no, it's King's on one side, and then you got the other one on the other right. side. Oh, I can't shoot. think of his name. Because I think he got a good game I, against the Cowboys. Yeah. Yes, yes. But then, I mean – it's hard, okay. It's hard. Why is it hard for me to answer this question? It shouldn't be this damn hard, but it's hard <laughs> for me because every scheme asks corners to do different things. Absolutely, you know? and that's what a lot of people don't what, get too. That and that's so for for the listeners. At the end of the day, every offense is going to ask a receiver to run and catch the ball and block when the offense is running. Right. Um, now the type of routes and what they ask them to do after they catch the ball is going to be differently. But as a DB, uh, you never know what you're going to get. And mm-hmm. I just think we have really good sticky man corners, and you got really good zone visual corners. Right. Yeah, and I think it goes back and forth. Okay. Our last question for you, Coach. Um, you know, you guys, come, you guys are two years removed from the Super Bowl, man. You guys didn't make the playoffs mm-hmm. last year. What's going to take you guys to get back on track and make the playoffs and make a deep run uh, this this season? You got You got to remember the burn, man. You got to remember the hustle. You got to remember why you're doing it. And that's part of the reason why I go back home to Flint every summer. If you don't remember Flintstone. what gave you <laughs> all day, if you don't remember that fire, that motivation. Uh, what it is that push you for that inevitable desire to be better than the next. And there's, there is no such thing as a championship lull. There is a sense of, uh, oh, we deserve this and we will be back. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Uh, there was no lull. We didn't do anything different. We, we, we still pushed it. We said all the right things. But there's a difference between uh, that confidence and conceit. You know, confidence is gained. You know, conceit is just is, is given. Right. And we wanted to make sure that we came in this year with that confidence and not that conceit that we did from the year prior. Right. Okay. We got one last question from Tony Starks. He said, "No problem." Tony Starks. <laughs> hey, <laughs> who is the toughest receiver to man cover? The toughest receiver to man cover. You know what? You're probably gonna laugh at me. He's out of the league, Antonio Brown. <laughs> 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 oh man. You know, no. Uh, honestly, it's uh, it, it, it's it's uh, it's Antonio. But then I, I I think Odell is the toughest to cover, man to man. Both of those guys, if you get why I threw both of their names out. You can put them in the slot. You can put them at the X. You can put them at the Z. You can put them at any position, and they can highlight their talents. That's right. Yep, yep. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to take anything away. I mean, you have some aliens. You got some real aliens out there. But uh, those two guys give me headaches because you got to make sure, you know, you you keep an eye on them no matter where they are. But there are a lot of other good receivers out there. I'm just throwing those two. Yeah. All right, man. Hey, before we get out of here, I just want to give a shout out to Will, who connected us, man, fellow Badger for you guys. Um, yes. He put me on. He, he's been he's been a big, huge fan of the podcast so far. And bro, just to be 100 percent honest with you, killed it today, man. You gave me great insight. 
the people not really here anywhere else because, you know, not a lot of people are interviewing coaches right now. So I want to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule, man. I know you're out there in L.A. You're about to get your guys ready for the team. So thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to talk to me, man. Seriously. No problem. I got two things. One, I see somebody down there that said no Julio. Yes, but Julio's a freak show. <laughs> Julio's a freak show. Like, you know, he's in there too. All right. Julio's in there too. You know, Julio's in there too. Um, but no, I, I just want to encourage you when you, when you get these guys and they're talking ball, man, talking football, you know, yeah. a lot of times we get so caught up in what we do. We forget that, you know, Hey, everybody don't understand. Everybody don't see exactly hey, as much as I could. I appreciate it. If there's ever anything I can do in the future to help man, much kudos to you. I like what you're doing. Thanks coach. Appreciate you, man. We'll talk soon. Okay. No problem. All right. Thanks, man. Appreciate you. Take care. Peace. All right, y'all. That was Coach Aubrey Pleasant, the cornerback's coach for the L.A. Rams. And that'll do it for this week's show. So I want to thank everybody for joining in. Um, If you have any questions or any concerns about this show, just let me know in the comment section. Let me know how I can get better, how I can make this show better. Uh, If you are listening to the podcast, make sure you subscribe to the Crunch Time Podcast on Apple Podcasts and also Spotify and also look me up on YouTube. So for this week's episode, for myself, Benjamin Bullock, and all three of my guests for today, thank you for joining me. I'll check y'all out next week. I'm still trying to figure out what direction I want to go uh, in terms of uh, what we're going to do for next week's show. So much love to y'all. Y'all be blessed. Thank y'all. Appreciate you.